one billion years in the future, Earth still exists, though maybe not as we imagine it. Eras upon bygone eras worth of technology have been left behind by eight previous and fallen civilizations. It is now up to the denizens of the Ninth World to piece together what was left behind. Perhaps they're looking to carve out their place in the world, or simply to survive a land riddled with weird and unearthly dangers. Or perhaps still, they just wish to learn and uncover the secrets of the Numenera. Whatever it is this new era of adventurers and heroes is looking to discover, they'll have to dig through the imprinted echoes of the past to find it. An amnesis, noun. The recollection or remembrance of the past. Reminiscence. Hello, and welcome to Imprinted Echoes, a family-friendly Numenera actual play podcast. My name is Zan, and I'm your GM. Thank you for joining us today, and as always, we hope you're staying safe and healthy. Now, having let loose a little, it's time to get back to business. There are a number of leads to follow up on, but the biggest one is finding a way to meet with the saint, which will take a certain level of finesse on the part of the party. Covert meals are enjoyed, criminals are intimidated, and rough plans are laid out. Join us as Nehemiah, Smolren, and Jory try to get their foot in the door. You all spend the afternoon and evening relaxing in your own ways. I assume that you all reconvene before the dusk activities that Smolren has set up. Yeah. Yes. And if so, where? Like outside the sauna where we left Nehemiah. Okay. Smolren doesn't think that this group should all walk into the square together. So you all meet up outside the sauna. Nehemiah comes out looking more well-rested and relaxed than he has in a very long time. Mm -hmm. His skin is glowing. Jory comes up, probably still bouncing with energy. Oh, I I have a little animal face painted onto my cheek. Oh, incredible. Did you get anything at the museum gift shop? (laughs) That's a very good question. I'm sure I did. I know I did. I was going to say a magnet. (laughs) But I didn't. I got got a pin that says I, I learned about something today I learned about. I learned about bioluminescence at the- yes, there we go. At the, um, oh, what's- Or, or um, uh, Junior Spelunker. <gasps> yes, there yes. it is. Yes, I do have- Naturally. Hidden, very proud. Junior Spelunking Ranger. Junior. <laughs> Smallren is just kind of amused by the entire thing. And then Brex walks up as well and has a magnet that is supposed to be like a pin, but is a magnet since they're all metal and just kind of like stuck to their breastplate that says axe throwing champion. <laughs> Brex went axe throwing for the afternoon. Good. <laughs> so good. Oh, good. Uh, good for them. I will show off my pin and point at Brex's magnets and high five. <laughs> yeah, you get a high five. It's strong. So where should we post up? Was there like a restaurant or something nearby where we'd be able to lie low? Yes. I met with the snake down an alleyway and not far from the entrance, there was a sort of cafe with outdoor Mm. seating. I think perhaps it's best if you stop there for a late dinner 
early evening snack. That sounds good to me. Brex and I, I suppose it's best to approach from the square side of the alley, just so that anyone watching can see that I'm there. Oh, I hate doing things so openly. It's uncivilized. If anything goes wrong, I'm sure you'll hear about it quickly. That's the plan. You make your way towards that city center, and as you get closer, you kind of split off. Brex and Smallrin going one way, kind of around to approach from across the square, and Jory and Nehemiah going off another way to find this restaurant. It's like a little bistro area, has like an outdoor patio kind of scenario where you can easily hear what's going on near that alley that's kind of right around the corner. I mean, if you needed to like jump the little fenced off area, you could. You sit down and order some food and wait for what's going on elsewhere. Anything that Jory and Nehemiah would like to do preemptively or anything that you would like to do to prepare other than being nearby? I will take off my face paint. I'll I'll wipe it off. Okay. So I don't look fully like a child (laughs) at this beastry. I think Nehemiah would go ahead and order something very simple like chicken wing equivalent kind of thing and then prepay. So if they need to like bolt, they can. Okay. What kind of sauce are you getting on your chicken wing equivalent? Probably like a Nashville barbecue kind of vibe. Like mm. got a little bit of a kick to it, but not too much. Ranch or blue cheese? Oh, blue cheese. Oh. Mm. Terrible. I will do like a garlic parmesan sort of thing because mm. I, I'm I'm good with spice today. I'm I'm good. Fair enough. Get some truffle fries, something like that. You order your food, pay up front. Mm-hmm. After a little while, you do see Smallrin and Brex, who is very hard to miss, making their way across the square, past the fountain, to the alleyway that's nearby, where the two of you are seated. And we'll come back to that. Cool. Smallrin, you and Brex make your way across the square. Brex is very good at following. Unless they are in rampage mode, they will take direction very, very well. So they just kind of follow behind you. And then as you take your seat on that crate kind of just take a position behind your left shoulder and wait for any instruction from you anything you are doing to prepare before the sun starts setting smarin is double checking all of the places on her person she carries these daggers her dagger collection both to make sure that nothing has jostled loose in the course of you know climbing after jory through little fake cave systems and making sure that everything is easily accessible in case she needs it she takes a couple of vials out of her poison kit and settles them in like a belt pouch or somewhere that's a little easier to reach in case she needs them One of my special abilities is actually called wielding power with precision. Right. And I have yet to use it, but I can tie your vital functions to a cipher or artifact to be activated. Mm -hmm. That was what you got from coming back through the data sphere. Yeah. So I haven't had anything that I've felt the need to use that with yet. However, I now have the far mover belt, which is an artifact. Mm -hmm. It'll work on that. And so, yeah, she is going to take a moment to kind of pull that belt out of her bag. She has not really used it yet. Fasten it around her waist and then take a moment to kind of sit and meditate and tie her consciousness to it. Okay. I'm going to say she's going to tie it to going unconscious. So if she is is rendered unconscious, the belt is going to activate and move her 100 feet away. All right. I love that. You can designate whether or not it is laterally or vertically. 
I mean, I'm going to go with laterally because I feel okay. like vertically while you're unconscious <laughs> is a bad idea. She just flies 100 feet in the air because sure. it doesn't say anything about hovering once you get there. No. Yeah. I'm picturing in the wrong trousers when Wallace is asleep and it's but it's like literally smaller like it's just the belt and the belt is like holding her upright but everything else about her is limp and unconscious <laughs> in the potential yes. situation that this happens. I know exactly what that looks like and 100% I love it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, cool. So yes, so Smarin takes her time to do that, turns around and gives Brex a little fist bump. And the two of you wait, and the sun sets. So it is not dark yet, because even after the sun dips below the horizon, there is still light to be had, but the shadows are long, and the artificial lighting throughout the city starts to pop on. And as that happens, around the corner, you see two shadows start making their way into the alleyway. One of them is a nondescript looking figure. You assume part of the lexicon, though it's not someone that you recognize off the bat. But given that they are coming here, you can only assume. The other one is someone that you recognize. Not quite far up the chain as the saint, but definitely a little higher up than you were. Mm. This is the butcher. Oh no, that, oh no. Mm. That name is Spoopy. Although very short, this is still an imposing figure. Very broad-shouldered. Imagine like Game of Thrones, the mountain, but short. Okay. Wears a mask that covers the lower half of his face. Piece of Numenera of some sort, meant partially to obscure his identity, but you also know it's meant to obscure his voice and he wears a short leather apron, always is a little bit twitchy. Not twitchy in the way that would designate someone who is nervous or anxious or on edge, but twitchy in the way that someone is always ready for a fight. By reputation, you know that the butcher comes by his name, honestly. He has no qualms about dispatching people in very brutal ways. It is more likely that he is accompanying whoever is with him as like the muscle than that he has been sent to get information, like that kind of role in the organization. No, he is probably the one that has been sent to talk to you. Okay. High enough up that he has a lot of pull, but not so much that he is above being sent on errands. But it's very clear to you that this is an intimidation tactic. Oh yeah, no, it's... Slightly concerning that they're sending this brutal of a killer for this type of errand, but also validating. <laughs> it's nice to be seen. It feels nice to be seen. It's good to be considered a threat. <laughs> he walks up, takes stock of you and Brex. All right then, you're Kylan. I am. And you're the one that wants to talk to the saint about Dremlin. That's correct. I assume that's why you're here. You'd be assuming correctly. I'm a bit of a uh, pre-screen, though, before I take you anywhere or do anything with you. I would have expected no less. What kind of connection do you got with the warlord? An old friend needs information about him. I had heard that the saint had hosted him while he was in town. You're correct on that. An old friend of yours or an old friend of Dremlin's? Both. So you're just a go-between? Much like yourself, I would imagine. He growls a little bit at that. <laughs> Does not like 
the insinuation that he's a gopher and just that. What information do you need or business do you have asking about it? If your friend is an old friend of Dremlin's, what are they looking for? We're most interested in where he went. We don't have any intention of staying to cause problems. And you can't seem to find any other information about him with any of the other people he interacted with. You have to go straight to the saint. Seems a little bit suspicious. Hmm. Trying to decide how Smallrin would react to this. Um. Especially given that there's not many people that know how to get to the saint in the first place. Let's just say that some of the inquiries that I've made have ended in oddly blank dead ends. I would assume that the saint, being a friend and business partner, would not be wiped clean the way some of the others who interacted with Dremlin were. Mm. Where did you get the information that Dremlin and the saint were working together? Who gave you that tidbit? If I tell you that, I have a feeling this ends here. Not necessarily. We just like to make sure that all our avenues of information are tightly sealed. I can understand that. How about this? I'll tell you, or rather, I'll tell the saint, but I'm not going to do it at an alley. I imagine that they would not want to meet me here. You'd be correct. You seem the smart enough sort. Smart enough to know my reputation. I haven't been in town long. I can't say I recognize you. <laughs> you are just pushing his buttons! <laughs> Would I have heard your name? If you've heard the name of the saint, I'm sure you've heard the name of the butcher. I thought you'd be taller. <laughs> <laughs> I need you to roll something <laughs> here. Like a... This needs to be an intimidation roll. I'm going to spend for intense interaction. Oh, yeah. And gain an asset. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. How's my sensing danger doing over here at the bistro? <laughs> <laughs> the back of your neck is like tingling a little bit. This is going to be a level five difficulty. All right. So I am going in untrained, but I am going to spend for a point of effort. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And intense interaction gives you an asset. Success with a 20. <laughs> oh! <Whee! laughs> Yay! You, if you had failed, this would have just proven to tick him off and probably would have reacted poorly. But I think you have just belittled him enough that he's going to cave here. That's just a result of the role going well what would you like your major effect to be? I would like the major effect to be, he is now scared of me. Like anytime he sees me, a chill is going to run down his spine. No one reacts to him this way, except maybe the saint. Like no one would ever dare talk to him like this. There's something about me that he finds deeply unsettling and is frightened of. Yeah. I'm going to say it won't be like a terrified run the no, other no, no, way no, no, shaking no. his but, boots kind of thing, but definitely like a, oh, that woman. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, no. I want it to be literally like, there's no way we are, but if we were to stick around long enough that I started doing to him what I do to Nehemiah, where just every time I see him, I spook him, <laughs> It will. he will actually jump. And Yeah. He's taken aback a little bit. He is not used to many people pushing back with that same level of intimidation and snark and confidence. He's used to being able to scare people into getting the information that he wants or doing the thing that he's asking. He pauses and and stumbles for a moment. All right, 
So you're looking for a meeting with a saint. I'll arrange it for you, but don't expect any help from me otherwise. I doubt I'll need it. He shudders a little bit and kind of just nods at you and then says, I'll leave the information here when I have it. I'll return tomorrow then. And he turns to leave and motions for the other person to follow him, who never said a single word, was kind of just there observing. You get the sense that this might be a mentor situation (laughs) where this is like he has taken on someone who is like coming up in the lexicon. And it's kind of clear that this is not the typical interaction. And you almost see that this smaller person like not quite snicker, but like kind of like, Oh, oh, okay. <clears throat> That's not what normally goes on. And the butcher kind of catches that smirky glance and just like smacks him upside the head. <laughs> Wipe that silly grin off your face and they go on their way. Oh, that could have gone very that badly. That could have gone very bad. poorly. Hey, that sometimes those nat 20s hit when sometimes you need them to. Sometimes it hits. <laughs> 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 <sighs> 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 Jory and Nehemiah, you are positioned in a way that you can see the entrance to the alley. So you saw this person, things have started, so you're on high alert. Yep. You're ready mm-hmm. and waiting in case anything happens. But you hear something kind of coming down the street in the dusk light. Sure. You see Kalen and his cloud machine rolling it along and he's kind of cursing at it as he seems like something has gone wrong with it and he's trying to like fix something or do something with it and you don't have to interact with him if you don't want to Mm -hmm. but you hear him kind of cursing the fact that he can't seem to remember where he placed one of his tool bags he swears that he had it but somehow has no recollection of where it went Hmm. that's odd yeah and as he's going by there are a couple little like puffs of clouds that that come out but it's not working the way he wants it to and just rolling it around. Sort of kismet that he's here. Mm. Hmm. Is. If you want to go and chat, you're welcome to. I'm going to keep an eye on, you know, what's going on. I don't know. I think it's probably better if I wait, given the creepy crawlies that are happening down my spine. I don't know what's going on in that um, the alley, yeah. but I don't like not it. Sure. Not sure. When they walked down the alley, did I notice anybody else kind of take notice of their entrance? You do notice one other person standing again near the fountain. Mm. Whether or not you recognize this person is up to you, but it is the snake. Gotcha. Watching from afar. I'll just quietly say under uh, Nehemiah's breath, like, so um, there is a percentage chance that we've been clocked. Just go ahead and sit tight. Keep looking at me. That I don't think he's seen your face, but he's seen mine from where I am. So less information we can give him, the better. That's fair. Oof. How about these chips? They're pretty good. Sorry, fries. How about these fries? Very good. Yeah. All right. You eat some food, wait a little longer, Mm -hmm. and eventually you do see the two figures leaving the alleyway. You do notice, though, that the person by the fountain does not leave. Okay. Should we go back there? Should we go back there? Um, not yet. We'll give it time. Okay. Smaller and once the butcher and other figure other person leave what do you and brex do is this a a dead end alley or is it like leading to other places it's not quite dead end but it doesn't lead to other parts of the city it kind of like 
connects to other alleyways that all empty out into the square. Kind of like the back areas of the restaurants and businesses okay. of this area. Would, would I be able to get to like the back door of the restaurant they're waiting in? Yeah, it's probably right in this alley, honestly. Okay. Smallrin turns to Brex. Wait here. If I'm not back in five minutes, then go get Nehemiah and Jory. But I should be back. They nod. She is going to go find what seems to be the back door of this bistro that they're eating in. And she just snags one of the servers real quick. Pardon me. Uh, yes? I have some friends eating out front. The one his wife wouldn't want me to be seen with him. Would you mind dropping a note for me? (laughs) 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 <laughs> not what I was expecting. <laughs> she kind of gives you a strange look, but says, um, tip me well and sure. Excellent. Thank you. And she tears a blank page out of her book and scribbles a note and hands it to her along with a handful of, let's say, 15 shins. That's pretty good. She pockets the shins and says... Takes all sorts, I guess, and we'll come out to the table out front and we'll set down like some extra napkins on the table for you. Just go like in passing, like refill water, set down some extra napkins and have the note kind of like sticking out between the napkins in front of Nehemiah. Nehemiah seeing it will flip it open. Smallrin, what's it say? In Smallrin's handwriting, it says, I'll be at the Jaded Ale House sending Brex another way for safety. He'll fold it back up, pocket it, and continue eating and just kind of under his breath again. Looks like it went well. We're heading back to the jaded. Sounds good. Finish eating. Okay. Finish eating. Gather your things. Make your way out, making sure to try and keep Jory out of direct line of sight of this person at the fountain that you're pretty sure is watching the entire situation. Would you like to try and be super careful about it and like try and keep her out of sight completely or just like don't want her face to be seen? I I don't think we're trying to keep every, you know, total out of sight. Like that that sure. ship has sailed. We've been sitting here. That's fair. So, I think okay. we're just we're just trying to be discreet. Okay. I'm going to make this a level 2 stealth check. Sure. Always the chance to fail, but it's not impossible. So I will go ahead and spend for two points of effort, and I am untrained. So actually, that takes that it down to a zero, it. so I we yep. succeed. You just do it. Yeah. Yep. You keep Joy's face hidden pretty easily. Mm-hmm. And you start making your way to the Jaded Ale House. Sure. Smallrin. Smallrin heads back to Brex within just a couple minutes, kind of stands and looks up at them. I would like you to walk out of this alley the way we came and go back to that axe-throwing place. Spend a few hours there, long enough that people will lose interest. And then at some point tonight, meet us back at our inn. Brex hesitates for a moment, again, not liking the idea of leaving the group in a feasibly vulnerable position, but after a moment, nods and makes their way out. And then Smarin is going to go up over the roof. (laughs) Wonderful. Assuming that there will be people watching, and since she can't see them from where she is, she wants to make sure she doesn't leave by a way that's visible. I'm also going to have you roll stealth. Okay. For this one, it's going to be, I'm going to say level three. I will let espionage. I was going to say, this is what espionage is built for. I'm specialized in espionage, and if I spend for a point of effort, I think it just takes it down to zero. You are correct. All right, then I'm just going to do that. And you are able to get up and over buildings. 
feasibly without being seen. Excellent. From your high vantage point, you do see the snake at the fountain and you do see them start tailing bricks. And you also make your way across rooftops for a little while, eventually, I assume, dropping back down to city level and go to the Jaded Ale House. It is dark by this point. And the number of people in the Jaded Ale House is larger than what you had seen previously. Previously, you've been here kind of during the day, either in the morning or late afternoon, evening, never at night. And it is actually pretty busy. You can find a table, but there are a lot of people here. Mm -hmm. Jory and Nehemiah get there first Mm -hmm. and find a table and Smaller joins you very quickly after. All right. What do we know? What don't we know? Smallrin's going to take a, a quick glance around just to see if there's anyone that seems to be paying attention to us. Not currently. Okay. Well, they sent someone I recognized, although I don't think he knew who I was. Mm. Called the Butcher, so we should be careful. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> I convinced him that I needed to speak with the saint directly. He'll be leaving information for that meeting in the alley by sometime tomorrow. Gotcha. All right. We are going to have to decide what name I'm going to give the saint for who told us that they were working with Dremlin. We can't do that. I would rather not give up Habina, as I don't know that Adriel would ever let us live. No, I don't think so. Who else can we say, though? Can we make somebody up, or is that too obvious? I'll have a think about who in the organization I might be willing to put under the saint's microscope. They'll assume that it will be someone on the inside who talked who wasn't supposed to. Hmm. Of course, I've been gone a long while. If I give a name that isn't active anymore, we could find ourselves in trouble. Right. True. they also will be expecting a certain amount of bald face lying, but still, at the end of the day, they will want real information. And that was the price for speaking to the saint directly. I said I wouldn't tell anyone else. Hmm. Hmm. I have an idea. Well, no, that wouldn't really work. What's that? Nope, nope, terrible idea. Terrible idea. Is it a terrible idea? Could you say yourself? Hmm. But not like you that's in front of them, but like you that they don't know it's you. (sighs) Your... Your lexicon name. (laughs) It's not my first idea, but I don't hate it. (laughs) And you see Smallrin smile. (laughs) I had been contemplating whether it would be fun to let it be known the ghost was back. The only problem would be if I get in the room and the saint is someone who knows who I am. I think at that point, the jig would be up either way. True. And I think calling yourself, like, I think as soon as we get in there and if he does recognize or they end up recognizing you, you know, the matter of how do we find this information, that's going to go out the window almost immediately. I'll be honest. If they recognize me, we will have bigger problems. Mm. I left under difficult circumstances. I would not say professional respect is on the table. So in that case, you would be a very easy person to throw under your own bus. 
<laughs> I think the bus will be coming for me whether or not I do any throwing if they recognize me. <laughs> <laughs> the bus is going to be locked and loaded, guys. It doesn't matter what we throw. <laughs> That bus is on a crash course. <laughs> Doesn't care who it runs over to get to you. Yes. Jory's just over here wondering what a bus is and thinking it's <laughs> it's some kind of animal, some kind of big herd animal. You know the concept of okay. bus. It doesn't exist as like a lo- like the, what we know <sighs> as bus doesn't exist, but large moving transportation. Does Public transit does exist way. in this yeah. far off future. <laughs> I'm not going to take your colloquial phrases from you. <laughs> you, you can have your idioms. That being said, if I'm not recognized, that would really give us a certain amount of legitimacy if we got our information from the ghost and were able to direct them in any way toward reuniting with her. It's also a bargaining chip in a way that I'm not sure we have another bargaining chip. Because at the end of the day, I may have frightened them into giving me access to the saint, but I'm not entirely sure that we have enough reason for the saint to tell us what we want to know. I'm sorry, you frightened them. Uh, Okay, you know what? I believe it. I believe it. Butcher. Only you could frighten somebody called the butcher. What's a butcher to a ghost? Ooh, ghost. That's cool. You do remember I told you that was my name in the lexicon. I know. I don't care. I hadn't thought about it in a while. <laughs> do you stay here for a while? Do you go back and pay for another night at the downgrade? I'm assuming we're heading back to the, the downgrade since that's where I told Brex to come meet us. Mm-hmm. Sure. You have a drink. Stay there for a little while. Parse out your information. Eventually, you do head back to downgrade. As you walk in, the person at the front desk says, Oh, oh. Um, sorry, uh, I think if a lot of you fit the description, I think I was given, I believe I have a package for you. Mm. Okay. Oh. Hands over a small wrapped box that has your room number on it. Mm-hmm. This was left for you by a nervous young man. Ah, excellent. Thank you very much. And Nehemiah, I believe it was decided that you would take the cloaking pin mm-hmm. and go ahead and roll a d6 for the level of that. This is a level seven. And again, this is essentially like an invisibility spell. Cool, cool. We're all so secretive now. (laughs) No one will see us coming. I suppose we should get some rest. Tomorrow could get interesting. You head back to your room and get ready for the night. A whole lot on the horizon. Thank you so much for listening to episode 99 of Imprinted Echoes and Amnesis. As always, if you'd like to follow the podcast on social media, you can find us on Facebook and Twitter at Imprinted Echoes and our website, imprintedechoes.com. On that website, you'll find links to the Ghostlight Media merch store and our Patreon if you're able to help us out monetarily. And on that note, I'd like to thank Joel, Ice Deer Brewing, and JJ and Veronica for their continued support. If you'd like to help us out in other ways, please take a moment to subscribe to the podcast, leave us a rating and review, and tell a friend about the show. All those things continue to go a long way in helping us out. As always, you can find our hosts on Twitter, myself at Covered in Sawdust, Chase at TQ Loudly, Rin at Rin underscore Moran, and Bridget at Really Bridget. 
And of course, our network, Ghostlight Media at GLM Pods. Thanks once again for listening, and I hope you'll be back in two weeks to hear yet another episode of Imprinted Echoes. And until then, may your ciphers never malfunction. Imprinted Echoes is produced by Zayn Campbell-Johannes and Chase Greenley, and is edited by Alex Berkowitz. Original show theme music is by Justin Longacre. This has been a Ghost Light Media production.